0: I would really say then, please, look at what you believe at around age. Realize which of these beliefs no longer serve you because they're just limiting you from doing what you desire to do. And then say, I have the right, I deserve it. I have the right to do what is true and right for me. And then go out and just do it do it do it do it
1: welcome to the positive productivity podcast episode 606 the positive productivity podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success i'm your host kim sutton and if you're ready let's jump into today's episode Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today, and I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today, Bettina Gordon, who is an author, journalist, and age defier. Bettina, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here, and I know we're going to have a great time.
0: Yes, we will. Thank you very much, Kim. I'm excited to be on your show. I would love if you would share a little bit of
1: your journey with the listeners so that they know how you got to where you are today. Yes, thank
0: you. Well, it's all started with me and the fact that I'm somewhat of a late bloomer, you know. I didn't meet my husband until I was in my late 30s and we got married and I didn't have my child until I was 44. And I know, I mean, you were much younger when you started with your family, Kim, but for me, I'm actually third generation of women who have the children in their 40s. My grandmother did. My mom was 42 when she had me. So for me, it was totally normal. And I loved, 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 still, I love it, not I loved, I love it, being an older mom because there are so many benefits to it. And I so specifically remember one day, I live in Washington, D.C., and it was in the spring. And, you know, D.C. is famous for the cherry blossoms. And I remember sitting on my couch in my house, looking outside the window, having a whole street full of cherry blossoms right in front of me and my six-week-old baby in my hands. And I thought, wow, this is awesome. My life is so good because I had a full life before I even became a mother. And so I could really indulge in, in that feeling of, you know nurturing my my newborn not feeling pressure to go back to work right away not feeling pressure to handle him a certain way or any of that and I certainly had no fear of missing out because I've been there done that and I thought because I'm a journalist I would like to write a book about it because as you know so many more women these days come to motherhood later they are over 35 which is this dreaded Advanced
1: Advanced maternal age.
0: Isn't that crazy? I
1: wanted to slap my doctor when he said that to me.
0: When you had the the twins, how old were you? I was 35 or
1: 36. Yeah, so I was advanced maternal age.
0: And and they already put the pressure on you, no? That something is going to go wrong and that you need special attention and that you're just like, now you're high risk. Well, on
1: top of it being twins, I mean...
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, and it's like a constant thing in my head.
1: Well, we're going to, you know... Of them saying, well, we're going to be surprised if you make it to 30. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Because it's twins. So we're going to be monitoring you very closely. Oh, my gosh. They were born at 38 weeks. Oh, perfect. You could have just, you know, take your advanced maternal age and shove it because, you know, right up there, male doctor, because that's how it feels with these two up there.
0: Yes, yes. And this is exactly, look, that particular day back then when I thought, okay, I want to write a book about this beautiful experience of being an older mom. I did what most likely almost every woman with access to a computer does at some point on her journey towards motherhood or pregnancy. I Googled. And I just Googled, I put in search terms like pregnancy over 35 or children over 40. And then I was just astonished about one negative story after the other, that a woman reads nothing other on Dr. Google than, oh, your fertility drops at 35, free falls at 40. Next, all the risks associated for for mother and child associated with maternal health. There were even stories that like, why you shouldn't become a mother over 40, written by a woman over 40, that, you know, it was like, it was mind boggling. And I remember sitting on my couch and noticing how I was influenced by what I was reading. All of a sudden, I really felt like anxiety bubbling up. And real fear coming over me thinking, oh, my God, I may never be able to have a healthy child. And I already had my baby in my arm. So I went from feeling strong and good and mentally healthy to a state of anxiety and fear in one Google page flat. And when I realized that, Kim, it became so personal to me. I don't know what happened, but I so strongly remember that I got angry. I got angry and I thought this can't be that there are literally millions of women around the world who are going to make the best mothers a child could ever wish for, but they are made to feel less than super fertile. They're made to feel that there's something wrong with them and that it's not going to work out for them. Not because there's something wrong with the body. No, because we have no idea. Only because of their age. Only because of their number on the birth certificate. And I thought, this is not right. This is not right. We have to change the narrative. I have to do something. It became so personal to me. And I thought, you know, for all the women who are open to receiving a, a life in their body. They have to have other other things to read than just the doom and gloom scenario. I, I was like, I had it. Yes. I need to change this. Oh my gosh. So
1: I don't know if you realize, and I don't know if listeners realize, but I had my first, just about a year after graduating college. Wow. And I was living outside of New York City. So mm-hmm. what was it? Like 22, 23 uh-huh. New York City, I mean, that is very young for a professional in New York City to be having a baby. So whereas, you know, 44, maybe on the <laughs> yeah, you know, the higher so- end, Yes, uh-huh. I feel like I got those eyes on the low end because I was that young and a professional. So oh, I was very much alone at that point, you know, because none of my friends that I worked with... We're having babies. They were mm-hmm. all on the career path, and so was I. Until that, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a double line. So then we moved out to Ohio, where twenty-two to thirty, actually, probably twenty-two to twenty-six, was very normal. Yes. And the only planned ch- child of mine came during those years. <laughs> yes. Only one uh, plan. Yes, he's very cocky about it these days. He's um thirteen, <laughs> fourteen. I can't remember. Listen, don't judge. He's 13. <laughs> when you want to, when you want to uh, calculate how old you are and how old your five kids are, yeah, go at it. So he's very proud of the fact that he was the only planned child. Yeah. But then fast forward 10 years and the, the littles came who were all big surprises. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I'm 10 years older than everybody else in the area having kids. It's like,
0: Oh, this is interesting. Uh huh. And were you alone again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You felt alone because now it is very strange, but we have this narrow window that depending on where you live, you know, this is the time that you're supposed to have your kids. I mean, there is a reason why most couples do have children in Ohio at the age that you just mentioned. And in New York City, it's not. And it's not just in New York City, it's different. And it is not just explainable by, well, in New York City, you have the career women only, you know, and in Ohio, you don't, because that's simply not true. It is that most of us follow what most other people are doing. And when it comes to our conversation with age and what we can achieve later on in life, you have to take a step away from that narrow window that society gives you, depending on where you live, how you grow up, even the age of your mother, when she became my mom, influences us. So the whole conversation about age that we're having to, today is really about stepping out of societal norms uh, and the expectations that are put upon us from the outside but also very much from the inside. So age is a double, you know, so you have to have the courage to step out of these norms and, you know, stop checking off the boxes that, you know, you go to a great school, you go to a beautiful, like a a well-reputable college, then you go, you know, you start your work, check, find the mate, check, next thing you have to have a child, check, or the house comes first and then maybe the dog, but then... The baby, you have to step out of it. And when it comes to the older ladies, they often have stepped out of it, of these norms, but not necessarily because they chose to. Right. It just happened to them, you know. Mm-hmm. So from my realization that this can't be that these women are just made to feel bad only because of their age, I decided to write a book. And I went ahead and I spoke to dozens and dozens, but now it's over a hundred, women who had the children later. So my goal was to to interview women who had the first, and then second, third, how many ever, children in the 40s through natural pregnancies. That was a big parameter that I chose because it's also the assumption that when you're older, you can only do it when you use IVF or other assisted reproductive technology, you know, other ways.
1: Yeah. Which is absolutely not the case. What I didn't exactly. realize when exactly. I got pregnant with the twins was that at advanced maternal age, can we just come up with a better term than that?
0: I know. And the best is geriatric pregnancy. I mean, what is geriatric? That is when you're oh in your 90s. Oh my
1: gosh. That sounds even worse. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't realize there's a higher probability of having multiples over yes. 35 because you start dropping more eggs. I was like, mm-hmm. whoa. <laughs>
0: yeah and look kim i because of the research that i did in the last few years i discovered there is so many more women out there because all the women that i interviewed for my book which by the way if the listeners are interested is called the joy of later motherhood and you find in american bookstores and online the joy of later motherhood i found all these women very easily very quickly I just asked my friends to connect me. Do you know anybody? Do you know anybody? And I interviewed women in America and in Europe as well. One of them was even in Africa. Then two of them were in Australia because I wanted to get the feedback from not just the U.S. And I'm telling you, there are so many more women having children later in life natural pregnancy no complications whatsoever but we usually don't hear about them because we are not in the so often quoted statistics Mm. now i
1: feel yeah i feel really bad saying this because your book is called the joy of later motherhood and my husband and i joke about the the day that our twins leave the house
0: we're changing the locks (laughs) Well, my dear, you also have five. You've been mothering for a decade and a half now. That's also different.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I love the littles. Don't get me wrong. And I feel blessed on a daily basis that there are three of them because they keep each other occupied, even though half the time they're fighting. Yeah. So as soon as they were out of diapers, there's a lot that they can do on their own. And But they do do on their own. No listeners, they are not cooking their own meals, but they have crazy, awesome imaginations and they just play with each other all day. But anyway, when can we go on a vacation? And it's just interesting in this area, you know, the people our age have kids who are, well, like our older ones, they're (laughs) about to graduate high school. So it's not In some communities, you can find the moms that you can do, you can swap daycare with, you know, hey, I'll watch all the kids this day, you watch them the next day, and then we can each have a full day of work. Yes. Nope, not here. But it's just also a different place where there's a stigma attached to work at home mom. Have you noticed that?
0: No, not in DC. I have not, but I have been out of any corporate job. Well, I never was into really one. As a journalist, I always freelance. So, the experience that you had when you had your first son, I never was that attached or that plugged into corporate America to begin with.
1: Well, it feels like around here, work at home mom is often synonymous with stay at home mom.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's very much not. I mean, I'm happy to defy it with my kids on a daily basis, especially that one who, you know, was the one planned because he yeah. thinks he has a full. Like a fully loaded, use anytime mom chauffeur cart. <laughs> no, dude. I may work at home, but these are my office hours, especially yes. during the summer. Holy goodness. But yeah, no, it's, it's so interesting. My, my stepmother was actually 19 when she had her first and 44 when she had her third.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness!
1: Yeah, she and my dad had been trying for—I don't know how long they had been married for. Let me think. I was ten when he was born. They got married when I was four. I think they had been trying for a good five years, mm-hmm. and then I think they gave up. And then all of a sudden, oop! Oh, there's Matt.
0: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The moment that you give up or give in—not give up, give in, surrender. Absolutely, yes. Let
1: the stress go, and the baby will come.
0: Yeah, you know, it's just so easily said, because they had like maybe five years when they really gave it their all. And only then when they surrendered and said, okay, we're fine, something really shifts. And I heard this often in my interviews as well. It's just not something that is easily done. Do you know what I mean? That, oh, okay, I stopped trying now and just relax. There's a lot like this is such a complex and wonderful topic to just, you know, when you really think about becoming a mom and what goes into it and then being one, it's very complex and it's beautiful.
1: So what if we just took the age out of it altogether and address being a mom?
0: Yes. Yes. I think this is the whole, look, when it comes to age, this is where really my gripe is because the women, so I truly, my book changes the narratives and I have beautiful emails that I get on a daily basis and Amazon reviews and how my book changed their mindset around it and gave them hope and inspiration on the way to motherhood. But it's really the whole, exactly, if we would take the whole age thing out, it would be so much better for the women all together because here's the thing. When we read over and over and over that after 35, high-risk pregnancies, geriatric pregnancies, fertility and freefall, and so on, the statistics, they may, as incomplete as they often are, are one thing, but the thing is we now have come to expect that something is going to go wrong simply based on our age, and this is where things really go off track. And this is where I'm like, no, 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 no. You cannot just expect, but we do this all the time. Like when it comes to age, we all have given up on things that we wanted to do because we reached a certain age and thought we're too old for that. You can't do it anymore. The expectations is, oh, also very much influenced, of course, by your peers, by your parents, by your upbringing. There are these mindsets and I guarantee you, your lovely listeners, your audience, we all gave up something that we thought we can't have anymore. It often starts as if you're even teenagers, you know, we couldn't make the sports team anymore or the debate team or be in a society, whatever it is. In our 20s, many of us give up to have a certain kind of body, you know, or a certain kind of lifestyle. Or we gave up the idea of traveling the world because now we are 26 and we're supposed to have a family and can't do it anymore. Or we do have a family and think now because I have a family, I can't do it anymore. And then, you know, you go into your 30s, into your 40s. And I'm sure many of our listeners today, they have given up something because they think they're too old. It could be that they gave up having a spouse or Having a child, you know, becoming an artist or an organic farmer, you know, whatever you wanted to do 10 or 20 years ago, you gave that up or you gave up your dream of becoming wealthy because now you're in the 50s and you're in your 60s and you always read you have to start early to become wealthy.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm I'm about to start laughing because <laughs> So I'm just picking on that kid. I'm just going to call him kid number two right now. Yeah, Bettina, I have stopped really referring to my kids by names as much. Um, <laughs> I actually, I don't mean to bring us down, but I promise I'll bring us right back up again. But I actually got death threats on my birthday this year out of a Facebook group that I was in. Whoever it was, went through extensive research of my social media profiles and took the names of my children and told me exactly what they were going to do to them. So I tend to leave my kids' names out of anything I do these days. I just wanted to ask if that's the reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm being very careful. But while I was exercising the mom chauffeur card last night, I saw seven rabbits. And I was just laughing by the time I got home. I was like, what does this mean? So I looked up the meaning of rabbits. Now we've all probably... Yes. So I knew that. But there's actually mm-hmm. other meanings, like there's a whole alternative, like it goes along with it, but about embracing your creativity and running with, with the ideas that you have right now. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to, at first I was thinking, okay, we don't need to be testing our doctor's 100% tube tying record. You know, <laughs> maybe, you know, we should just restrain ourselves, abstain for the (laughs) the next, you know, five years to make sure that we're not the one who breaks his record. But then I was like, okay, no, I have chronic idea disorder. We are working on many of my ideas right now. So I'm going to do a twist on this. What these seven rabbits mean is that I'm going to plant these ideas in fertile ground and we are going (laughs) to grow money trees out of them.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I was like, I had just told that son, about the rabbits and shown him because while I was waiting for him to come out of the car I had already seen six, so I had I had looked it up. And we pull into the driveway and I'm getting out of the van and I look into our neighbor's driveway and there's a rabbit sitting there. <laughs> and I just started laughing. He's like, There is not. He's like, Mom, is there another rabbit? I was like, Yep. And I point and he's like, Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. Just came for the time being practice safe sex. <laughs> there's a little many rabbits left and right (laughs) yeah yeah and
1: listeners you've never heard me talk about things like this before but (laughs) i was telling bettina before the show that last night i had chainsaw therapy (laughs) i I was dealing with just something and i don't typically hit anything or beat on anything i just (laughs) was in one of them those moods so we have a Tree, shrub, ugly looking plant thing in the backyard. So I picked up the chainsaw and took it out back. But as soon as I opened the door, actually that was rabbit number four was in the backyard. (laughs) So so I'm like, and then I passed two more going to pick him up from his friend's house. And then the seventh was in, you know, Mm -hmm. in the driveway.
0: It could have been the same one, but having kids in your forties pretty much rocks.
1: (laughs) Yes. You know, the only difference for me that I've really seen is Number one, you know, when I had the first one at 22, 23, my belly, or yeah, my belly, my body bounced right back, except Mm -hmm. for my boobs, which grew significantly. And I know that part of it is twins. Your body doesn't bounce back as much, but I'm also 10 years,
0: a lot older. Yes. And there was about number four and five. Yeah, I mean, this is four pregnancies and ones with twins. I mean, don't forget that.
1: Yeah. So, whereas in my twenties, seeing the you know the superstars whose bodies got right back to normal, and I was like, "Oh, mine did that too." Now I'm like, oh, "I hate you." Oh, so <laughs> well, not really, but I'm like, "Okay, this is just life." And I think that's like the biggest difference. It doesn't need to be, but whereas you know before five kids, I may have been working extra hard to get my belly back to where it was, it's not Mm -hmm. important to me anymore. I don't care. You know, there there may be some extra. I mean, there's already a bit of extra in my boobs. Why not just add some to the belly (laughs) to proportion it all out? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And then the other difference is that in retrospect, in my 20s, I really had no idea who I was. And I thought I did. But I really didn't. I mean, today I think I know who I am. Let's check back in 10 years and see if I really know who I am. And even when the twins were born, I still didn't know who I was. But again, you know, in 10 years, the person I am today could just be another one of those. You didn't know what you were talking about, but that's just part of the journey. Yeah. The only other difference, too, is just the cost of daycare. But you're going to get that wherever you are. Yes. If anybody had told me, though, that it was going to be 400 a week to have outside care outside of New York City, I would have been extra sure, sorry, child number one, to make sure I was taking my pill every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's almost 2,000 a month in D.C. It is just not, it's not even funny. It's not nothing. I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> so no, I don't know. But you make a very good point that with age, not of course, not with everybody, but in general, with age and life experience, comes or grows wisdom, grows our ability to understand ourselves better. And there are now studies that really look at the different behaviors moms that are older display in comparison to the younger ones, simply because when you're older, as I said, you know yourself better things don't rattle you as quickly anymore because you've seen it done that you know and so just parenting styles are different and there're beautiful many many benefits to actually have a child later on and i wanted to end and, you know it's really so important to look when you have when you want to get pregnant later that you are super super healthy because what i learned in all my my research is that fertility Fertility, like if you're challenged with fertility, with infertility, then this is, fertility is an extension of your overall health. We cannot just look at fertility as being something independent from the rest of the body. There's just something going on that is in the overall health that manifests with infertility. So the older we are, we really have to be healthy. And when I'm saying healthy, I really mean that not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. And there is also a spiritual aspect to pregnancy that I found to be true with uh, very many of the women that I interviewed. And so it starts with in my opinion, really with the mindset. This is where we need the most help. And this is where it all starts, because it sounds you know, some people or many people, when, when I say, you know, I don't believe in that, that you are deteriorating with age, you know, other people say to me, yeah, yeah, age is just a number. That is actually not true. Age is not just a number. It is a number that we all attached to certain stories, certain emotions, certain judgments and consequences. We all do it, we all have it. For some of us, we feel that we are getting old when we are thirty-two. And for others it's a bit later. It all depends, but we everybody we have these different stories. And so we need to be very aware of what do we believe, yeah? And what beliefs do we take on from the outside. Because ageism in America and worldwide, you know, in the Western world, you know. Other places you're happy to survive. So this is really a first world problem. Ageism, but it is real and it gets to us. And this is what I shared when we, when we spoke, when we met the first time. Ageism then becomes, even though it, it is fed from the outside, but it becomes a true inside game. And this inside game is what we need to master. When it comes to ageism, we need to be aware how much we ageism all over ourselves. It's the mindset that is the most important thing that we need to look at. And so, for example, when for all the listeners that are thinking they're in their 30s or 40s or even late 20s, they're thinking about becoming moms. Is it I that I mention a gift here for them?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, so for them, I prepared. There are two really important chapters in my book, The Joy of Later Motherhood, that only deal with the mindset and around age, and I prepared them. So if you go to betina.gordon.com forward slash gift, betina is spelled b as a boy, e t t i n a, last name Gordon, G o r d o n dot com forward slash gift please get get it there these are the two most important chapters from my book that are dealing with mindset because i find it everything starts with the mindset
1: i wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business Maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you're trying to work on too many things. Maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose. If this sounds like you, I wanna offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs. And then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. I love that you're talking about mental health as well. Yes. Because for child number three, we actually had four miscarriages in the year -hmm. before. Now, for anybody who's gone through infertility, I mean, we weren't consulting with a fertility doctor or anything. I mean, and I know we were rushing, you know, we didn't give any time to the body to have a break in between. So, you know, in retrospect, we could have done it a little bit differently, but I was also working a job that it was stressful just because I was stuck in a position where I was underpaid and I didn't like what I was doing, but there was a lot of stress there and my husband kept on losing his job. And I know listeners, it probably wasn't the best time for us to have a baby anyway, but when is the right time? I mean, I don't think there is, but I would have to say that the stress of life at that time definitely impacted our ability to maintain a pregnancy
0: yes yes and i'm so glad you're making this point kim because this is the big mistake that we are making thinking that pregnancy is only a physical affair it's not the stresses of a job the stresses of whatever like is going on in your life is a huge huge influence it's not just the physical it's the mental it's everything and Absolutely. we forget about it. We don't look at it. So I'm so glad. Thank you very much. So, where you like, and here's the thing if you would have gone to an infertility specialist, he would have just looked at egg quality, egg count, sperm mobility, and so on. But he would not have asked you, or she, how are you doing in your life? Where are the stressors? How are you? Are you sleeping well? What's going on with your body in general? Are you feeling strong? Are you healthy? Are you depleted in certain areas? They wouldn't have asked you that. Great. Right. And this is where what so many of us, we just need to be aware a much more complex topic. And we're influenced on so many levels. So how did you then? Did you not see anybody uh, even after four miscarriages? We
1: had, and we found out that I had An issue absorbing folic acid. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I ended up taking folic acid supplements and baby aspirin. But after the fourth one, we basically just said, you know, I mean, I was just emotionally exhausted because that took a lot out of me going through that. Yes. So I said, you know, you already have two kids. I already have two kids. We're good. You know, we don't need more. (laughs) And then... I, uh, started my business and gave my notice to my job. And the week that I gave my notice at my job, we found out about her. But I think that a lot of that came out of the fact that I was, I was excited again. Like, yes. I don't know if adrenaline helps with pregnancy, but I was so excited about the fact that I was starting this business and my husband was pursuing his dream. And there was just something exciting outside of our relationship again, you know? Yes. Yes. And all of a sudden, bang. And no, and that little booger stayed in there for an extra 10 or 8 to 10 days too. So.
0: (laughs) Yes. And no, absolutely. It changes when you do something and you're excited about it. You're lowering the stress level and the oxytocin, the feel good hormones. It really shifts biochemically the hormones in your body. And that sets you up for pregnancy. It's like, When I work with my clients, I always tell them to please not to focus so much on the task at hand, which is the baby, but to do the things that they love and bring them joy because it has a physical reaction in their body when they do something that they really like. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, you know, we will never know, but the fact that you already knew what you're going to do and you put in notice that, you know, there were weeks and weeks of excitement already building up to that that this shift has contributed largely to your pregnancy. Uh
1: I don't mean to get X-rated for a moment, but like I, in my research, I mean, because I've had friends who have gone through infertility and I looked it up and pardon me, listeners, you know, I don't normally go here, but one of my questions has been to them, well, you know, yes, sex is how this baby is made, but is there an orgasm? Because I even read, you know, that that helps. And yes. When you're so far, when you're just doing the deed to make the baby, where's the fun in that?
0: Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Orgasm is makes a difference because again, of the feel good hormones that are released. And I'm sure it's way more complex than I'm explaining here. But yes, it was my, my midwife. And also when, when you're ready to give birth, my midwife always said that she says, have lots of sex and good ones so that you climax. Uh-huh. What got the baby into the body gets the baby out of the body. hormones.
1: <laughs> With child number three, we spent a whole night, no, not having sex, people, at a local <laughs> park where they had a whole series of speed bumps down the multiple driveways to keep people slowing down. Yeah. And we just spent the whole night driving up and down. I was like, I need this one out. <laughs> And no, we tried everything same with same with child number one because he was late the day before he was born, I w- had a doctor's appointment, and outside of New York City, I mean, I was reliant on public transportation. I purposely sat on the last row of the bus because I mean, I almost flew off my seat for a bump,
0: oh because it's a bumpy, uh-huh, okay, like, <laughs> yeah.
1: if you want to know how to do it
0: in our bodies like nothing in comparison to what we do to get it out again
1: i mean listeners nobody is gonna write a book on parenting by kim unless you know unless you want hate mail (laughs) because i do it how's right for me (laughs) and i would probably (laughs) i would probably irritate a lot of people but maybe this is just the true life that a lot of people don't share. So I got to remind you that yeah. I love how you wrote your book, because there is so much more than what we read on social yeah. media.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is, you know, all the women, you know, so in the joy of later motherhood, I asked the women, I said, I don't need to use your real name. I don't care about that. I want the real story. And they dove so deep with me, they shared, you know, many miscarriages, unfortunately, are very, very common. Yeah. Like every I think one out of four ends in miscarriages, if not more. But you know, miscarriage that we have before we even know that we are pregnant. So it's very, very common and all these women they shared their heartache, they shared their stories, you know like how how long it took them and they went really really deep one of them she i just loved this woman Jenny in London she she had like a psychotic episode because she thought only because she turned 42 this is it she can't have it anymore and she worked herself so up in her mindset that her psychologist said that Jenny you are sick you have to go to an inpatient facility for a few weeks mm. And she had to do that. But just very briefly, Kim, because I think it is such a beautiful story. And just, you know, this is a story you will not read anywhere else. And Jenny said, you know, I realized I am not healthy, but I had the strong feeling that there's a child close by. And she said, and the night before I had to go to the facility, I was at home in my house in London, and I gave birth to my fantasy child, she really instinctively, I think it was in instinct, she she squatted down. She birthed her girl, her daughter, you know, her baby. She wrapped her up in a blanket, went outside in her yard, in her garden. Then she threw the baby in the air and said, God, if you can, bring her back to me. Wow. I'm ready. Exactly. And I said to her, Jenny, when I had her on the phone, I'm getting goosebumps still. And I said to her, Jenny, I have to ask you, this is either the most important, the the, the most beautiful, primal wisdom that I ever heard from my mom or my mom to be, or did you have a psychotic episode?
1: I was wondering the same thing.
0: Yes, and she says, "No, no, I was very clear. It just was something that I could do." This ties into we at the beginning we talked about surrender. This is was just something that I could do that was much more empowering than laying in the fetal position in the kid on the kitchen table in my house. She surrendered. She gave that baby over to God and said, "If you can bring her back to me." Mm-hmm. Now that did not that didn't mean she didn't have to go to the facility. She did. She was there for for a few weeks. It was an, on an island off of the coast of England, and there was a doctor, and the doctor that she really felt trust with. And that doctor one day came uh, because Jenny did some tests about fertility that she didn't get the results before she went in, but then the results came while she was there, and the doctor said. Jenny, I have the results. Do you want them? She says, yes. He said, you are a very healthy 42 year old woman. There is nothing wrong with you. And I believe you are going to be a mother. So it was in truth, just in her mind, she had gotten herself so much into this space of, Oh my God, it's never going to happen that she, you know, influenced her whole physical being. And because of the doctor, that she trusted. She says, you know, I really trusted him. So I thought like, oh, I can be okay. And this is also a big point of surrender. It's an extreme story, but I think it's so beautiful. It just shows that, you know, what is really going on with us women when we speak about things like this in truth. And she says, you know, I came out of the facility knowing that whatever will happen, a child or not, I will be okay. And she went on, I think it was in September, By seriously, by December, she meets her now husband. She actually met two guys, one in America and one in London. She made the smart choice to date the one in London and not the one in America. (laughs) He brought it up. He said to her, Jenny, we're both in our 40s. How long should we wait until to try to have a baby? So I think they started trying after like three or four or five months. She was pregnant within the first year of them being together, and they now have two children.
1: Oh my gosh! So she was stressing about getting pregnant, but she wasn't even with anybody yet.
0: Exactly, okay, exactly. Thought... That added to the stress. <laughs> that added to the stress. And the first, well, the first child she had—it was really a girl. So she felt, yes, God brought her, brought her back to her. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she had one at 43 and one at 45. And that is like, I mean, this is an extreme example, but this is when, when we speak in truth and honestly, in honesty about what's going on about our journeys, these are the stories that you hear. Wow. And The stories I have in the book. Yeah, it's just beautiful. And I think these are also the conversations we should have way more often because we all know by now the Instagram pictures, how beautiful they ever are. This is not real life.
1: Oh, yes. I've been eyeing the big, massive pile of laundry on my couch for the past three days. (laughs) Yes. Rather than do anything about it, I've been eyeing Uh it, wondering if I should take a picture of it for Instagram just to show people of this is life. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I tackled the laundry over the past week. I don't even want to admit, but listeners, I think there were something like 30 loads of laundry that had to get done.
0: Yeah but that's the truth.
1: Yeah, yeah. Bettina, this has been amazing. Where can listeners find you online, connect and get to know more? And if you wouldn't mind also sharing the link for your book and the freebie again, that would be so awesome.
0: Yes, of course. Thank you. Yeah, so my website is BettinaGordon.com, dot ncom And I used to focus up until now Primarily on, you know, women wanting to get pregnant later on in life, but I'm now expanding. I really want to create. So my, my new focus is it's never too late. Yeah. That I'm helping women overcome the limiting beliefs at around age. And there are so many things we could still talk about. I know time flew that I'm focusing on now because it's not just motherhood. It's career. You know, when we think we're getting 50, towards 50 or 60, like what are the things that we think we can't do anymore, but we can, you know, so with interviews with women who actually did outstanding things that other women said, oh, I can't do this anymore. I'm too old. So that's my new focus. You can look for me at Facebook. I think it's just Facebook forward slash Bettina Gordon. And on Instagram, it's Bettina dot Gordon. And for the freebie, especially if you're interested in in having children, then it's bettina.gordon.com forward slash gift.
1: So funny. I was over here. I forgot that I had muted immediately. And I was about to say, I'm so happy that you're talking about all the other things besides just motherhood, because yes. I don't think I would have been mm-hmm. equipped to handle what's going on in my business 20 years ago. Yes. At all. And then in the background, actually, one of my four-year-old son, Twin, decided to start opera singing. And I didn't even realize I was muted. I was like, "Huh." thankful. (laughs) 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 That one's going to amuse us, whatever path he takes. But I, you know, sorry, this is just one more deviation. Sorry, but not sorry. That's been another shift of mine since the first one was born to now these the last three being born is – when I was a 22-year-old mom, I had dreams of my son following the same path as I had taken. You know, have good grades, go to college, get a job, be successful, mm-hmm. make lots of money, have a kid. But now it's like, I don't really care if you go to college. Do what makes you happy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's also been a huge shift in the last 16 years. 16 years ago, college was yes. really a, a prerequisite. Mm -hmm. to get any type of job now it's
0: Mm -hmm. no just no yeah yeah Yeah, so we we change we evolve as human beings and of course naturally it has an influence on how we parent i mean it's logical how we do everything how we start businesses did you know that the fastest growing segment of new entrepreneurs are the 50 plus
1: i did not know that but i love it
0: Yes, so I'm going into that direction just as much like I'm expanding now from motherhood to a much, much bigger uh, viewpoint. I absolutely love it. Bettina, do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? I would really say then, please look at what you believe at around age. Realize which of these beliefs no longer serve you because they're just limiting you from doing what you desire to do. And then... Say, I have the right, I deserve it, I have the right to do what is true and right for me. And then go out and just do it. Do it, do it, do it.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast.